This is the Ag Queen Podcast. This podcast explores the agriculture industry with the movers and shakers of those shaping it. Here's your host, Lori Boyer. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show here today. Of course, I'm Lori Boyer, and I want to introduce my guest here today for joining me as we talk about tractor enthusiasm. So this will be a good show. First off, I want to thank and welcome in Michael Hinton, and I met him on LinkedIn, actually. He works for AgTrax. And he is also a tractor enthusiast, and that's where we'll head with our conversation him today. And joining him is his father-in-law, Lawrence Jury from Peabody, Kansas. And also on the line with us today is Donnell Moormeyer. Did I say that right, Donnell? Yes, that's correct, Moormeyer. Moormeyer, thank you. And uh, she is joining us today. She's a co-chair of the Red Power Roundup. So I know some folks know what that is, but we'll be talking more about what that is for those who don't. So, Michael, as I mentioned, you kind of got this started. Thank you so much for the idea and for helping me to put this together. And the reason for this is you attended the Red Power Roundup with your father-in-law, who is also a tractor enthusiast. And so I wanted to start there and then we'll bring Donnell in and talk about the event as well. Lawrence, let's start with you, if I may. Tell me a little bit more about your background, how you grew up, and your passion for these tractors. Uh, passion probably started when you were in grade school. And whatever Dad had, that's what you enjoyed running. Everybody had their best one with whatever they brought. And it stays with you through your life. I keep them running. There's several of them sitting at my house. They're in stages of repair, and some of them don't look very good. They run, and that's my thing. Is this a hobby for you, or has this been your business? No, this is a hobby. I originally was a power lineman, so, uh, and then I worked for farmers after I retired, and now I guess it'd be a hobby. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, tell me what tractors you have. Tell me a little bit more about them and what you're doing with them. We'll start with the bigger ones. I have a 450 and two or three 350s, a couple of 300s. I have three M's, F20, F14. There's a modern day loader tractor. He's got quite a collection. It sounds like you got quite a collection. It keeps you busy trying to keep them running. (laughs) (laughs) And then do you put them in shows? No, not heavy on the show person. I just like to see them running. They don't have to be bright and shiny for me. Nice, nice. Which one is your favorite one? Probably the old M, what you broke out in when you was in grade school and at home. And did your... Did your father, was he into tractors and collecting and repairs like you? He went to work for International as a parts person. It comes up from there. You grew up in the industry, literally. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Because when I wasn't working at home, I working for the neighbors. Well, and it sounds like you're pretty lucky because your son-in-law also enjoys the same tractor enthusiasm, huh, Michael? I do. Absolutely. And and it's really because of him that, that I really, really took it as a passion. Oh, it's been, I think, 12 years ago now. So, yeah. So, Michael, did you grow up 
in the industry or, or close to the industry at all? Or is your passion kind of developed through your father-in-law? Developed through my father-in-law, as well as you and I share a great mentor, Max Armstrong, as well. Grew up watching him. Really, um, I, I grew up uh, in central Kansas. Um, out, My parents had a rural, I guess, hobby farm, I'll, I'll call it. And on all four sides of our home were, were nothing but wheat fields. And so I saw tractors all my life growing up there. And um, then, oh, it's it's been, again, about 12, 13 years ago, my wife and I and our daughter moved to south central Missouri. And we had about, oh, I think at least three acres maybe. And at that time, I thought, well, this is the perfect opportunity to get some tractors. And one led to another, which led to another. So I ended up with three of them. And that then developed into getting involved with the uh, Ozark Iron Club Tractor Club. And we started putting on some shows. And that led to a website. And it just grew exponentially from there. And I'm very fortunate. I had the support of the governor of Missouri, I think three times gave us a state proclamation, along with the city leaders where we lived in Missouri. And like I say, what began as I'm going to get a tractor just grew and grew and grew. When you mentioned the proclamation, what kind of proclamation was that? Actually, the uh, Governor Jane Nixon at the time declared Antique Tractor Preservation Day in the state of Missouri and gave us consecutively three years that honor. And that grew into really national attention. I am huge on social media and began sharing that story. And it really just took off from there. That is really cool. That is really cool. You said something in there that led to a website. What what was that? Is that your website or one you found? That was my website. Um, again, as I started having collecting these farmall tractors, I thought, you know, it would be great to share what I was finding. And my father-in-law did a lot of the work on the three tractors that I had. And I was ordering parts online and having a very difficult time finding what I was looking for. And I thought, you know, if it's difficult for me, it's others are having the same issue. So I developed a website to where one for two reasons to share the uh, proud agricultural heritage that tractors bring and have. And two, to share here's some sources of where you can obtain farm all tractor parts as well as other antique tractor parts. And that continued to grow, got involved with successful farming. They became a sponsor of my website and got to know others in the industry. In addition to Max Armstrong, Machinery Pete, he's another tractor enthusiast, Octane Press, uh, Lee Clancher, started doing book reviews for Octane Press and developed you know, a friendship with them. Steiner Tractor Parts, we started putting on tractor shows and they, too, became a great friend and a partner. I guess an, another interesting story to tell. So, uh, again, I acquired three tractors. My second tractor was a Farmall H with a loader, and I purchased that out of Iowa. And, again, through my website and developing the communications that I did. And my first one I had bought in Missouri, but the second one I bought in Iowa, I didn't go up to buy it. I saw it online, wrote the individual, purchased it in when I purchased it, I developed like a three-page contract for an antique tractor. These are farmers. I got a call and they said, Michael, we don't know you. You seem like a very nice individual and said, this is a tractor. <laughs> We've never had anyone write a contract 
to buy one of our tractors, and they are salt of the earth people. I ended up buying the tractor, had it shipped to my home in Missouri, and to this day, I still remain friends with them. We send Christmas cards back and forth to one another every year. Just wonderful people. So, like I say, the friendships that tractors bring about, it's just a wonderful network of individuals and people. What a neat story, Michael, different than your father-in-law's, Lawrence, who was born into tractors. It was kind of in his blood. It was there when he was growing up, definitely into his adulthood. You came a little bit later into this industry and have developed this passion. And what a great way for you two to bond and connect and have some commonality. My next question is, do you still have some of these tractors today? I don't anymore. And again, my father-in-law lives in Peabody, Kansas. We lived in Missouri at the time, and he would come up throughout the year and really work on the tractors. And I'd learn a lot from him as he would work on those tractors. My career has taken me across the Midwest. So we're now in Kansas, born and raised here in Kansas, back home in Kansas. I live in a rural community, but no longer have my tractors. We moved from Missouri up to Minnesota and I sold them all in Minnesota. They came with me to Minnesota, but that doesn't mean that my passion has changed for antique tractors. And at some point when I get ready to retire, hopefully in the next 10 years maybe or so. That's our goal and dream to my wife and I is to, again, be, have some rural property and, again, start adding to that tractor collection again. And did you sell those tractors to your father-in-law? I didn't, actually. I sold them up in Minnesota to actually three okay. different farm wall enthusiasts. Interesting enough, one of them, the H, that, again, came from Iowa, I sold to a enthusiast in Iowa, not the same owner, but it went back home to where it came from. So a, a wonderful story. I also wanted to add, I mean, as I said before, tractor enthusiast, and I wrote this down just to make sure that I would I would uh, state this correctly, tractor enthusiast, farmers, and rural Midwest people, they are genuinely the nicest, honest, most friendly individuals one will ever find. They're truly the definition of America's heartland in every sense of the word. And, you know, I've been collecting and been an enthusiast now, like say 12, 13 years. And that hasn't changed no matter where we've lived. The shows that we've gone to and participated in, Red Power Roundup being a perfect example, we had perfect strangers come up to us at the hotel we stayed at, at the restaurants that we ate dinner at, at the show, and literally visited with us like we were their next door neighbor and had known one another for the last 12 years. And we and they were perfect strangers. And that's that's the magic about tractors. That's wonderful. I love that. The camaraderie, the fellowship that you're finding in that. And you have mentioned some of the things that you're you're active in. And I know that you mentioned some online things there as well. But it sounds like shows are a big part of what you and your father-in-law like to go to. And that's where the Red Power Roundup came in. Absolutely. So, Donnell, I'll invite you now to kind of join us here today and tell us more about this event. Michael had sent me some notes. This is a pretty cool event. Yes, it is. The Red Power Roundup was in Grand Island, Nebraska this year at Fauner Park. And that's been, it's the first time it's ever been in Nebraska. You could go to Red Power Roundup all different places. We've been to Ohio, Illinois, South Dakota, Iowa. Um, it's been all over, but this year was the first year in Nebraska. So we were really excited about that. And that process is we have to bid for that three years in advance. So this was a three-year pro in-progress show, basically. We had to set a contract and we had to bid with the national board 
to get it in Nebraska. And Chapter 12, IH Collectors Association, uh, is we put that on. And so the members of the club put that on. And we are relatively a small chapter. So it was seemed like a very big undertaking for us at the beginning. So we're really proud of what we did. And we were really proud of how the show turned out. Donnell, how long has your organization then been around? Okay, our Chapter 12 organization celebrated their 25 years about three years ago. This was about the time we decided to do the roundup. And so just under 30 years we've been in existence. And um, we're made up of members from all across the state. And we have our meetings across the state, different places across the state. And we have members from across the state and from other states also. What made you decide to hold the event in Nebraska? Well, we had been looking at Fauner Park for quite some time and um, just their facilities and what they had to offer us and the centralization of Grand Island, which was a good place. We always like to incorporate some sort of tours and that type of thing. Grand Island had a lot of those things, one of which was the Case IH Combine Plant. So that tied right in with our Case, you know, RIH Heritage. So that was one of the main reasons we did that there. And and just because Fauner Park offered a good package for us. Yeah, that totally makes sense then. And you've had shows where else? What other states? We've had them in Iowa. Last year, we went to Ohio. The year before that, we were in Illinois. I know there's been some others out east. We've been in Wisconsin. They're pretty much all over. (laughs) They've been all over. Some states have had it multiple times. And Donnell, then do do people bring their tractors for show or like tell me more about what is involved in it? Okay. So yes, basically people bring their, not just their tractors, but anything that's IH related. And IH had all kinds of things that they produced. I mean, they produced refrigerators and all kinds of different items over the years. And so we had electrols, which is something that was specific to IH, fast hitch, which was uh, for equipment. That So we had a big display on that. We had probably about three or 400 tractors, but with equipment and memorabilia and everything, we had close to a thousand exhibits. And um, so it, it's... Um, you know, anything related to IH, Cubs, equipment, anything was there. And we celebrated the 100th year of Farmall. I'm glad you mentioned that because I was going to bring that up next. Now, let me ask a thousand. Yeah. That is a lot. Let me ask you, is that is that typical? Is that an average for That's, per, that's show? pretty typical. Yeah, that's pretty typical. The, most of the shows have, a, they always have a good turnout, it seems. And You know, you talk about shows having the pretty stuff, but it doesn't necessarily have to be that. We had lots of things that were in there, what we usually call everyday clothes. And that's a neat thing to see them that way. Also, the way they came out of the field from years ago. A lot of people do like to make them pretty again, but that doesn't make any difference to us as far as what they appear as. Nor the people attending the show. I mean, that's what we were there for. And the people that we spoke with, I mean, there were tractors that were in mint condition all the way to the ones that look like maybe that they brought in on a trailer and didn't run, but that's the beauty of all of them. So. 
Yeah. And that's what everybody wants to see. You know, some people love to see the ones that are all fixed up. Others don't care for that so much. They like to see them the way they were. And so that's the beauty of the show that we encourage anything that was IH to be brought and shown. So I want to go back now. I'm going to come back to you, Donnell. I've got a few more questions for you, but Lawrence, I want to go back to you then. And then I'm going to ask Michael the same question. So what are some of the things at the show this year that really stuck with you? Some of the things that you really enjoyed and remember? The way it was set up and, and you could walk through seeing all that you talk to the guys that brought them in and that's terrific because they can tell you where parts and pieces are at in their area and you can go get them. Was there a particular tractor that really stood out to you? All of them. (laughs) (laughs) Probably the old M's. That was the plow tractors when I was a kid. A lot of memories, huh? And Michael, same question to you. What, what were your, some of your takeaways or, or memorable things that you saw there? There were so many. One, again, we're in central Kansas. And throughout, I was having my tractor shows and the website. I also had a full-time career job then and do today as well. And was never at that time able to take off to all those other different locations that Donnell mentioned. And this year, I saw that it's the 100th year of Farmall. I wasn't going to miss it. Two, it was in Nebraska, four hours away. Perfect opportunity for us all to go. And one, the drive up just through Nebraska, the cornfields right now were just unbelievable. Again, separate from the tractors, but it was a beautiful drive there. And then to get to the show and to see so many tractors of every make, model, size, and in repair or in beautiful mint condition, it was just, like I say, just too many memories. And the people. Uh, that we spoke with. Um, I wish it was in Nebraska every year. Just a wonderful show and or Kansas. I'll, I'll, I'll give a shout out to Kansas as well. <laughs> and then I guess I spoke earlier about the camaraderie and family like of these individuals. An interesting story. I got back. So we, we went up to Nebraska and we walked the show, looked at the tractors and I didn't find a 100 years of farm all cap there unless I missed it. But that's what I really wanted was a takeaway from that show and to have as part of my tractor collection here at home. I've got some Ertl toys that I have instead of the big ones right now. So I couldn't find one, went online, tried to buy one. And so I wrote CNH Industrial. I had found one online that I liked and said, would you happen to know how I can get farm all 100 years cap and lo and behold in about a week's time they sent my father-in-law and i a complete care package i've got the hat on today i know you can't see this for the podcast but the testimony to the industry to the tractor enthusiast they didn't charge me i was going to buy a cap and out of their good graciousness they sent us a complete package and just said glad you enjoyed the show and thank you for your enthusiasm farm all tractor yeah that's pretty special very special so, Donnell, you got a couple of uh, hints there on where they want the show next year, but where is the show going to be? <laughs> the show is going to be at Spencer, Iowa next year at the, uh, the Clay County Fairgrounds there. And then I believe the following year in um, Missouri. And then the following year is in South Dakota. So we always know three years out where it's going to be South Dakota bid for it again this year. That'll be the third time that it's been in South Dakota. So... It's a big undertaking, so kudos to those that 
do it again and over and over because you have to have the manpower to do this. And it's, it is a lot of work, but in the end, as Michael said, you meet so many people. Um, we were camping near the show and one of the, there's chapters in each state and those are the people that put on the shows. And we met someone from another chapter and he come and sat down and visited with us one evening. And then the next evening he come and sat down and visited with us again. And he kind of became one of our family members uh, and uh, wrote a really nice newsletter and included us in that newsletter about how he enjoyed being there and how, we were just some more of his family now that he had met at Red Power Roundup. So like Michael said, it is the camaraderie. And you find that no matter what you're doing, if it's at a tractor show or tractor drive or whatever, we started the tractor relay across Nebraska 12 years ago. And we have friends from all over the place. And they're not just friends, they're family. Yeah, I love hearing this. This is such a great story. We are going to be running out of time here before we know it. I also wanted to point out, as Michael said earlier in the show, Max Armstrong was there. Of course, he's a well-known farm broadcaster and is retiring. So good for him. But I wanted to make that point because you had people from all over the U.S. and beyond that made that trip out to Nebraska. I have pictures of three gentlemen that were there from the Netherlands. Is that right? Yes. I think we had three or four providences from Canada represented and three gentlemen from the Netherlands and all over. I think at one time we counted that we had 35 different states that had registered that had been there. That's great. Yeah. That's great. All right. Well, we need to start looking at wrapping up the show here today. This has been so fun. Lawrence, I appreciate you joining us and sharing your passion and being a part of the show here today. And of course, Michael for setting this up and really kind of driving this idea. I thought it was a great idea. I love to hear stories. I love to hear your stories, Michael. So Thank you. I'm assuming you two will plan on heading to Iowa next year. Absolutely. <laughs> Maybe bring home a tractor, Michael. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and Donnell, it sounds like you put on a great event. So I appreciate your time here today and visiting with us. Well, thank you for visiting with me. I'm going to assume your cup is pretty filled when you hear these two gentlemen talking about how much they enjoy not only tractors, but your event. Yes, that, you know, like I said, it's a lot of work, but we've heard nothing but good comments about it. And we've heard lots of people say they'd like to have it at Nebraska all the time. So, um, you know, we are very proud of that. And uh, we, I don't know how, how soon we might do it again in Nebraska. It was well worth all the work that we did and the time that we spent because um, everybody enjoyed it thoroughly. And very much appreciated. Thank you, Danielle. That was, it was an amazing event. Thank you. Once again, my guest here today, Lawrence Drury, a tractor enthusiast from Peabody, Kansas. Also uh, joining us on the show today, Michael Hinton. He's from Hutchison, Kansas and is Lawrence's son-in-law. He works for AgTrax. We'll give AgTrax a plug and also a tractor enthusiast and co-chair of the Red Power Roundup Donnell Merrimer. Thank you all for joining me on the show. It's been so fun. Thank you, Lori. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Ag Queen Podcast with your host, Lori Boyer.